Welcome to another Rude Issues Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm here in the booth today with Lauren. What's up, everybody? Alexa. Hello. Mr. Brave. He says hi. And back in the booth is the awesome Mr. Steve Woodrow. Hey. We're going to be jumping in today on whew, living in Christ with a heavenly perspective as we keep digging into Ephesians. This week, we are going to take a look at a larger selection. And so we would love it if you would turn your Bibles there or if you would just jump in because we're not going to do a full reading on it. We're going to discuss some of the points. Steve's going to bring those out. But Ephesians three fourteen, all the way through chapter 4, verse 16. So you're going to start and pick up with us at Ephesians 3, verse 14, and then we're going to zip all the way through chapter 4, verse 16. Now, I feel like this is brilliant. I know we've been doing a slow crawl through Ephesians, which is just so enriching and so wonderful. But this section covers some of the most important section that we need to dig into and think about, like, how do we live in God, in relationship? Today, our title that Steve brought us on Sunday is How to Walk with God. And man, when I heard it, when I put it in YouTube, it slowed me down, you know, because I'm usually running at a fast pace. And I've been hearing that over and over. It's showing up everywhere. Danny Dangler gave me this great book recommendation that he's been teaching from on high school youth group and young life. And I was like, bro, don't keep those things a secret because this book is awesome. And it's making me slow down. And everywhere I turn, it's like, slow You're even down. talking slower. Slow down. I know. I know. I know. I'm in my late night What's DJ FM voice. The book. The book is. Now, it's a pun off of one of the other books, but this is John Mark Comer, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm. I think everybody's read that, like, already <laughs> two years ago, Chris. Yeah, I'm I'm behind. <laughs> yeah, I was I like, mean, I was like, I was like, surely it's not right. I, I knew exactly what book yeah. that was. Like, I was like, I'm sure it is, but I was like, surely it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm behind. I was moving That's so okay, fast. You know, you were moving too fast. You just yeah. accidentally skipped something, so now you're yeah. going back. <laughs> yeah. I was getting there, and yeah. it's good. It's even slowing your words well, down. You're, it, it, the it, holistic it, slowing down. Yeah, like if this came yeah. out like two years ago, then that's when I was probably still digging into Fortitude from Dan Crenshaw. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas mm. Congressman, ex-Navy yes. SEAL. Yes. But anyway, so yeah, this book has just been enriching me and enriching my pace. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this on the air. I need to go downstairs because I want to make sure that I turned off the range that was cooking my stir-fried rice for lunch. <laughs> Otherwise, That's... this whole podcast could be interrupted with a fire alarm. We're, we're getting real. In here. Yeah, I know. You're so, Lauren, you take it over. I'll be Lauren, back you're in, in charge. Like 45 seconds. <laughs> Lauren's in charge. All right, guys. So this week, Steve took us into Ephesians three fourteen through 16 about how to walk with God. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that. So, Steve. Give us a, like, what does it mean to walk with God yeah. for those viewers that are listening? Yeah, that's a big question, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think just opening up with look, Jesus, when he says, come follow me, is mm. this is this huge, uh, 
desire of God that goes out around the world. From the beginning of time, uh, you see God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve to just a couple chapters later, we hear of Enoch walking with God. And he was not, and he was, you know, God took him. Um, we see Abraham, we see David, a man after, we see this walking, you know, God's desires us to walk with him. And so Jesus comes in a real practical way to restore all things and to call us back to walk with God. And so discipleship is learning how to walk with God. Uh, in, a, in that idea of walk, the word in the New Testament is, is the same word for live, is, is for walk. It's as we experience life, as we go through life. And God wants to walk with us, which is a pretty amazing uh, concept, actually. The question is how, right? How do we do that? And and so we just, in these verses, we just took a large swath of verses. Um, we'll come back this Sunday and dive in a little deeper on especially chapter 4. But uh, three kind of key things that really are big, big barriers today for us when we think about walking with God. And uh, so maybe let's just bat those around. First one is, you know, the question, do we know the love of Christ, right? And the power of that love in our soul, it starts there. And we don't need to move forward until we really, and we keep coming back to that, obviously. And the second one is, do we know the victory of Christ and its deliverance in our life? And the final one is, do we know the gifts of Jesus and our ministry and service in his church? Um, And all three of these things are really essential to a vibrant walk with God. So, there it is. There's our, our starting point. Well, those are great. <laughs> wow, that was quick. Well, you know. Nothing you burn on fire? Your, yeah. Well, it's going to be a little bit of crispy fried rice. Mm. Mm. It's going to still okay. be good. Okay. My tofu came out perfect. So, awesome. yeah, you know. But anyway, no smoke alarm. But anyway, yeah, let's jump in with this first one. Because I think this one, like, becomes the root. And Steve mm. can tell you, it's like root issues, Lauren. Yeah, you're smiling at me. But, you know, Steve can tell you, and if you've heard me over my career here, every time I taught, I taught on identity. I was so struggling with identity. Now, I never struggled with the realization of salvation. Like, I Mm -hmm. never questioned, like, if at any moment my life was to end, who I would see. But I struggled with knowing who I was. And so this is like, man, a powerful, like, do we know the love of Christ and its power in our soul? Mm-hmm. I knew the power of salvation. I knew the power of raising the resurrection of the dead, that my eternity would go on. But I did not know who I was because I did not understand his mm-hmm. love for me. And so as I kind of grew in that, it was like, oh, he loves me. I, I think something so important to note right there is you said, I didn't know who I was because I didn't know his love for me. And so that, by inference, tells us that we find who we are in God's love because of his love. And I just even want to go into Ephesians 3, verse 17 here. Uh-huh. I'm in the NLT version, which okay. I've been loving recently, but it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Mm -hmm. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Mm -hmm. Um, So good there. But even when we're talking about that imagery of the roots growing down into God's love, that is what provides us a firm foundation to then grow and flourish from but if our roots aren't growing down into mm-hmm. god's love then they're growing down into something else they and are. that is a root issue <laughs> i would say yes. very much so but but we need to we need to experience the love of god walking with god 
But the question is, how do we do that? Yeah. How do we experience the love of God? How do we walk with him? Okay, so I'll throw it out. Like, for me, in the journey, I mean, you know, this just gets personal, but, and I may have told the story on Root Issues before, but I had this moment at a Young Life camp where I just wasn't gelling with all the other leaders. There was some stuff going on, and so we had this 10 minutes of silence, and I just asked God, hey, am I okay with you? And I just saw darkness kind of as I was sitting out under the stars at camp, and then I saw, like, a door crack open. And then it was kind of like that warm light coming through, like, a darkness and so I went I saw myself go to the door and I looked in and I saw a banquet table full of food and so I was like oh awesome you don't have dinner with somebody you're not okay with mm. and and then that kept me going for like maybe the next five or six years that vision when things were off I would god am I okay with you you know and I would see the door open in my mind's eye and I was like yes we're good he's still opening the door for me and then fast forward like I think it was six years to a staff retreat in Crested Butte and we were just having some ministry time with each other and Steve just kind of had a vision and he just looked at me and he said Chris I just hear like God saying there is room for you at the table does that resonate and I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, yes, that totally resonates because, let me tell you, bro, like I have this vision of the door opening and I see the banquet table. I don't see Jesus. I don't see God or the Holy Spirit, but I just see the food. And so I'm like that. And then Steve's like said something so wise. He's like, in your vision, have you ever gone in? And oh. I was like, no. Like I know the invitation's there, but I've never gone in and sat in. Wow. And so <clears throat> shortly after that, it was one of the Sundays that I was teaching and I just said, God, I need to go in. I need to sit with you. And so that night I had a dream of me entering in at the banquet table and eating with him. Wow. And then I knew so much more of his love when I woke up that morning. And that's what I taught on, and that's kind of how I landed. Like every time I go to preach on Sunday, I'm not going to be preaching on the one thing that I'm sure. dying for, which is identity, because then I woke up that morning and I felt his love in a way that I never had. And so... It's out there. You just have to seek it. Mm. And, I mean, for me, I think it was trust to go in. Mm -hmm. Trust to go in. That's good. That's so good. You know. And it's also you had to take that step mm -hmm. to actually walk in. I, yeah. I love, too, that that picture of the door open for you kept you going for years. Yeah. Before you realize, like mm -hmm. it kept you going. Yeah, yeah. And then God was like, through Steve, he was like, there's more. Mm -hmm. Actually, Absolutely. come in. Yeah, come in. I just love, I love that. Yeah, I just always, I love that too. I was just thinking about like the power of Christ and mm -hmm. how it goes with love. Yeah. And I was just like reminded of this picture I had when I was like uh, learning about like the gifts of prophecy and like how to prophesy over people. And I remember being like, how like like how do I how do you come in love and power through this gift of prophecy? Mm -hmm. And I remember I saw a picture of me like sitting before the throne of God, and His blood from the cross was in a bowl, and He was like, "Apply it to yourself, and apply it to your hands, and then go apply it to others." Mm -hmm. And so, like when I prof, like when I go through a ministry time and I'm like praying for someone, yeah. like He's like, "You need to apply the blood to yourself first. Like you need to come righteously before Me." Um, 
and like see what I did like like this is the blood like this is your ability to speak to me and like come before me in the throne room and now like you can go out in the power and love because you realize what you're yeah. going for yeah and so like that's like how I go deep with like thinking yeah. about like what the blood and what the sacrifice actually was yeah because like it wasn't like God came in power when he rose from the dead, but it was the greatest sacrifice of love we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So if we don't like see that, then we just like don't know what we're doing. I think yeah. we just wander around and say aimless words. Yeah. That's great. No, I mean, I would concur and agree. Yeah. hundred percent. What about you, Woodrow? Um, <clears throat> specifically on the love of yeah, Christ. Yeah, on the love. Yeah, well, there's just so much there. I, I, I mean, I'll just go all the way back to the beginning for me when I was a, a young or, or like eight to ten years old, was uh, we grew up thinking we were believers and religious, and I always had a desire. Even at a young age, I can remember, even in our wild Episcopal church we started in, where we thought we were believers, but actually the, the church we were in was got way off the mark, and we mm -hmm. had some loving neighbors that loved the Lord full of the Spirit, and they were after my mom and dad. And, <laughs> and uh, it was just hilarious to hear my dad tell a story now. And um, he kept bugging him to come join him at a Bible study. Mm -hmm. and, and all along, I, I I can remember having some wild, just, I don't know, dreams or just a desire for God. I, it was yeah. God-given. I You know, whatever. I'm a child for the most part. And and uh, anyway, long story, mom and dad finally go, and, and they, they were hit with the reality of, you know, they looked square in the face and said, do you know him and, and his love for your life? Have you accepted him? And, and we were just religious, yeah. ritual Christians. And uh, the second week, they you know, it happened again, and they just, the Spirit of God hit them both, mm -hmm. right, at the same time. Both wow. hit mom and dad, boom, on their knees, receiving Jesus. Wow. And I remember as clear as the day when they entered our home, um, God entered our home. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. and it was his love that entered mm -hmm. our home, a, a reality of a relationship with a God who loves us and wants a relationship. Wow. And um, so that's, and we could give obviously, I mean, that's all the way back, ooh, that's uh, 50 years, <laughs> 50 plus years ago, you know. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where, that's where the love of God first, yeah. I think. But I think back to what Lauren was saying is, you know, you talk about when you go deep and prophesy with someone, this kind of jumps ahead a little bit to the third yeah. one, our gifting, but, uh, <laughs> which is, no, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. But I think people hear that today, again, this is a barrier. People yeah. don't know the love of Christ. So what we've got to figure out is, that, remember, this is, uh, um, I think, uh, like you said, it is, this is a power. That yeah. There's the... the you, the love of God is not some thing out. It's the yeah. power of God, and it mm -hmm. only takes hold in our lives through the power of God mm -hmm. and, and the power of the Spirit. And so I think we have to learn to journey with people and minister mm -hmm. to people right, in a whole new way yeah. to really drill down if they haven't experienced that, to know and to just be there, be vessels yeah. of uh, you know prophetic vessels, encouragers, yeah. disciple makers, whatever it is but to really drill down on this issue of have they personally right experienced mm -hmm. his love and and that we can't only the spirit of god can do it so we have yeah. to intercede we have to come and holy spirit you've got to move you've got to move right and yeah. and lead them to to that well shall we say yeah. of of god's love so um, no. This is just a massive barrier right probably the number one barrier for people on walking with god if you doubt that he loves you 
Mm-hmm. If you doubt what he, the power, the blood of the cross, yeah. you will not advance, right? It, we're stuck at that yeah. point, right? If if there is a, if that's a holdup, right? And yeah. um, so, boy, that's where we have to get honest, have a place of safety where we can just be honest with our struggle, right? And yeah. and and ask the Spirit of God to come in and and, and reveal what that is, right? Yeah. So we can be delivered from those lies yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just reminded if you are listening. And you are at the place where you're like, that is a barrier for me. I don't know the love of God. I want to, or maybe I want to want to. I think it's important to remember that God desires that we experience his love more than we desire to experience his love. And he desires for us to experience his love so that we can know him, know our identity in him, and then walk in power and build up the church and save the lost. Like, it's not really just... For us to experience. So if you need the love of God, ask for it because it's not very selfish. It's actually so that you can also then give it to others, which will build up the church, strengthen the body and save the lost. And I think when we experience the love of God and start seeing him move in power, not because of anything we're really doing, but because of this like love that like Mm -hmm. makes our hearts burn, then it's like, oh, that's. We get it. That's yeah. like an experiential knowledge versus, oh, I know God loves me. I've heard it a million times. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask is yeah. what uh, I guess I'm saying. And I think yeah. Luke, you know what you're saying there, because that's Luke 11, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ask, seek, knock, knock. right? Yeah. If those who ask receive, uh, the knock, the door will be opened. Mm-hmm. And he says, how much, verse 13, how much more would the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, mm-hmm. right? And that's the power and the love. Boom. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. together, right? All wrapped so, up in the precious Holy Spirit. That's mm-hmm. it. Yes. That's it. Awesome. And I mean, you know, like, Steve used the word stuck. And I just want to like, you know, like, you know, it's not like you're stuck because you're never, he's never done with the work that's in us. But he's waiting for like hunger to grow. He's waiting for you know, us to take an action. Like he let me live with just seeing the door open for so long and knew that would suffice me. Mm. You know, he didn't like push me. He didn't like drag me in, (laughs) you know, in that vision. He just let me go back and see the door. I'm like, okay, I'm good. You know, and then eventually, you know, through Steve hearing from God, he's like, let's bring him all the way in. It's good. You know? And so look for somebody you trust, somebody you can share with, you know, about these things. Like, it was so easy for me to trust Steve and then trust whatever he said, and I knew it came from God, and then it all just came to pee. And so there is that process. Now, do we know the victory of Jesus and its deliverance in our life? Now, I would say, like, the deliverance for me came in me understanding his love and then me understanding my identity and my sealing with him and my completeness in him that I'm just to be whoever he says I am. And if he says I'm this, then that's what I seek to model my life to be, you know. And so there was deliverance for me because I was lost, constantly looking for my identity. Now, I'm not saying that I'm 100% perfect and I don't like, you know, flip off or anything or go sideways at times because I do. But there's just this inner level of just I know his love. I know who he says I am. That's who I'm supposed to be. And then that's like a deliverance. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, this is just Psalm sixty-eight that Paul's yeah. pulling from here, mm-hmm. verse eight, uh, and there's just such depth here. We don't, yeah. we can't even begin to go. Uh, he's pulling from some amazing uh, prophetic 
passage in Psalm 68 where David is just talking about the victory of the Exodus and yeah. the victory of the Exodus when Jesus returns again. And he pulls from that, Paul does, to talk about the now, the church age, and the yeah. victory that mm-hmm. Jesus is giving out. He's, he's, he has dominated through the Father uh, the, the, the rulers and authorities in the spiritual realm. Yeah. Uh, that had access to us because he nailed that requirement. Uh, Colossians 2 tells us that um, no longer were those things that the enemy could use to beat us up and keep us under guilt yeah. and shame under the power of sin and death. He's defeated those powers, yeah. right? Which is overwhelming, and a lot of the times we don't even get there when we talk about what victory we have through Jesus yeah. in the cross. But those things are to be taken hold of in our life when the enemy does get access and the enemy does get us into mm-hmm. bonds, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, you name those. Yeah. We all have bondage of di- and yeah. taken to, to different things. Or have we learned to take hold of this victory? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the battle's been won. Yeah. We, in the name of Jesus, right, have the ability, right, to break off any. Uh, again, Luke, uh, was it, 10 tells us that any. Uh, powers of the evil one we've been given authority over mm-hmm. by him and uh, again such a massive barrier we have today tragically sadly right many professing believers who are just uh, stuck in addiction stuck in bondage stuck in go down the list of yeah. things right and uh, why why is that and uh, we, we could talk about all the different reasons but i think the encouragement for all of us is let's as community as church those who keep pressing in, the victory has been won in that spiritual heavenly places, right? And mm-hmm. we uh, are called to take hold of that victory yeah. and apply it, not just to our, preach that gospel, that victory in our own lives, but also bring that to bear in other people's lives. Yeah. And that's exactly what Jesus, how Jesus ministered in delivering people from demonic oppression and taught the disciples to go out and deliver people and right? mm-hmm. set them, the captives, free. This one gets a little deep mm-hmm. because oh, we you know, could go even well, deeper I here. So. I know, no, but I'm like, you know, just even here on the skimming of the surface, you know, and this is, I've got like, you know, just would love for you to drill down on this because I think people get confused. Like, you know, well, if we've already won the game, then the game is done, you know, but then, you know, you know, he gave the disciples like, Hey, go and do this, go and do this, do, do this. And so I think what we have to understand is the victory is won when we accept the authority that we've been given we move into his love, receive our identity from that love and the power, and then we have to see that his method of freeing people is through people, through relationships. And we still have to battle in mm-hmm. this life, yeah. right? The fight of faith, right? Is We have to take this glorious gift of faith, and we have to go to battle. Mm-hmm. And that battle is against self, it's against yeah. the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. And all that wrapped up together— um, and we read on Sunday, First John 3, 8, right, is that John, we could go to many places, but yeah. John makes it real clear, for the believer, for the church, is yeah. the one who continues practicing in sin. In other words, whether it's willful, I'm going to do this, and I give myself to something, or somehow it's gotten a hold of me, right, is of the devil. Yeah. Now, that's some strong language, right? And I know there's some people out there that don't think, hey, once you're a Christian, you're free yeah. from the affliction of the devil. That is just not biblical, right? No. I mean, we, I mean, just we could give many illustrations, but a person who's a genuine believer filled with the Holy Spirit can still, if we give access oh, absolutely. to the enemy, uh, Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down in your anger. You're speaking of the church, or yeah. you'll give, and the word there is a military stronghold mm-hmm. of the devil into your life. Yeah. Not, so 
we have to realize we're in a spiritual battle and we have to lay hold of the spiritual resources, right, mm-hmm. to, to get freedom, right, in those areas. Uh, it is there for us, but we have to get into that battle. And we, this just reveals how much of a world, right, material worldview we have mm-hmm. rather than a biblical, spiritual, yeah. heavenly right. places perspective um, yeah. that we have today. And I mean, you know, it's like honing in on that word victory, like that we've been called into a battle. We've been called into his plan because how he frees people from deliverance, how he shows people like I could have been looking at a glowing door open forever. But then you came in and said, this is what God says. And so I'm able to enter into the dining room feast table. And so it is like our it's our battle cry. It's our call to know his love, to know his power so that we can then go and free. Yeah. But we are constantly, you know, at our wits in on understanding who we are ourselves and, because and we're not going to God. Absolutely. And let me just interject here, and you, yeah. you all can speak into this, but sure. I would just, the person out there listening, if you're struggling with something, if you're in bondage, addiction, whatever it is, or it can be anything, emotional issue, uh, whatever um, and you are a believer. You've been in church for your you know long time. Yeah. You've tried everything, right? Is uh, I would just ask you to pray. Is that unfortunately so much of the climate of the church today is so, is putting band aids on something rather than going to the source? Uh, Jesus even rebuked a headache, like he rebuked demons. Right? In other words. Uh, th- that it, there's a spiritual realm mm-hmm. that's behind what's happening in our lives, and if we're going to get free, yeah. we're going to need a spiritual, genuinely free, like like Jesus calls. We have to go to the source mm-hmm. and um, and start praying into that. Like yeah. lean into this, open up your heart to the Lord. That this is a spiritual. I think this is a spiritual problem. Yeah. And uh, if we had time, I could give many illustrations. Yeah. Just my own life, my family's life on this issue is we get we just think, oh, here's the issue, and we don't take the time to Lord, give me eyes. What's really what's what is the, the source of this? Issue. The yeah. deeper issue is the spiritual issue. Give me discernment and oh. let me utilize your or you know yeah. your resources to to yeah. go after the root rather than just slap some band-aids on it yeah. right i mean slapping the band-aids if you need a better illustration or another illustration it's kind of like if your yard's covered in dandelions and you just go pick the dandelions or just cut the dandelions yeah. down they're going to grow back because exactly. you didn't go and pull it from the root exactly. and so like the band-aids is kind of like you know when we're like oh we'll try this or do this or you know what you need to do is work out all the time because then you're always going to be thinking about that and then you're never going to be drawn towards that sin or that temptation and so it is it's really going into the root and and what so, i meant to say there was yeah. if somebody's listening is boy you've tried everything yeah right? and, and uh, man just lean into the word of god lean into god's and god's people yeah right to pray and and go uh, do some spiritual warfare in prayer yeah. and, no um, and i mean i think going to god's people mm-hmm. is like the biggest yeah. thing like i mean you know we work with middle schoolers and you know it's like they all think that they're the only one with that problem. And yeah, then you right. get them talking about it. Yeah, that's adults like, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, so. I know. But I mean, it's like, I don't deal with adults that much, you know. But, you know, but yeah, like, you know, you're not the only one. You're going to find other people who have the same story and a victory testimony that encourages you to go after it. Builds faith to continue yeah. the fight. Because it is yeah. a fight. Right. And, and when you do it in isolation, it is lonely and you might not make it five rounds. Yeah. That's right. You know, and so you need that team. You need the people in your corner praying for you, cheering for you. And that's why it is so important to be connected to a body of believers locally and to have those inner inner circles 
of who do you share things with, who right. do you communicate with. I mean, Steve talked a lot about discipleship as being one of the keys. And, I mean, I see the church as, you know, Jesus always had the crowds and the masses with him, but, and then he had the 12, and then he had the three. And so even our local, your local church body assimilates to that model. You have the larger body that you might not know everybody. You might know 10 or 12 people maybe who you do ministry with, but then you've got maybe two or three that you just share with. They pray for you like you know you can call them and they'll do it. And so that seems to be the way Jesus set us up relationally to engage. Now, we're going to jump into this last section. Do we know the gifts of Jesus and our ministry and service in his church, you know? And I mean, just speaking like any church you go to, they have a need for your gift Mm -hmm. because you're there. And if you don't know your gift, they probably have someone who can help you find your gift. Mm -hmm. I had a very young, mature child who grew up in youth group here and then moved back here, and she was like, Chris, I'm going to be here a while, so I need a place to serve because this is going to be my church. Love that. You know, and she was just out of college. And so I was like, all right, well, we have a need in the tech booth. You know, that one's a little earlier start on Sunday. We always need help in the children's program, and I'm always looking for middle school leaders. And so I gave her three weeks to try each position, and she chose middle school. You know, and she served faithfully until she moved away again Mm -hmm. to start on another degree. And so... It's like you've got to step out into that field because your gifts are needed because you're there. Mm. And and that's how, that's the first step to coming into your spiritual gifts, right? Is that you don't have to sit around and go, oh, should I work in the booth or should I do children? If there's a need, step in, be yeah. a servant, right? Mm-hmm. First, serve the body of Christ. It's in the midst of that, right, that we start growing as a body, that yeah. we start pursuing this, oh, you know, what are my, what are the, the things that, that the Spirit of God's endowing mm-hmm. on me? Because he brings those on us, fleshes those out when we're active in the body, yeah. not when we're just sitting around going, oh, mm-hmm. when I come into my gift, I'll use it, you know, yeah. type thing. And, uh, and or to sit back, well, that's not my gift, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, there's a place for that. But uh, I think, again, this is an area that's holding so many people back as they're unsure of the beautiful gifting that Christ mm-hmm. has for them. Um, and and, and and not just natural gifting. We're talking yeah, about supernatural, supernatural endowment, yeah. right? And um, and so, boy, uh, yeah, we just have to do a better job in the church of walking alongside. And I think of Romans. I love Romans one eleven. Mm-hmm. Paul says to the Romans, he says, I long to be with you that I may impart right. to you some spiritual gift for our mutual right mm-hmm. encouragement. Mm, that's good. Boy, just think if we all had that attitude yep. <laughs> when we engaged each other, right? Yeah. That, and you say, oh, who can impart? You know, we're... Paul said, yeah. I will impart this gift to you. So if you operate in a certain prophecy, tongues, you know, whatever, healing, you just go down the list of yeah. different things, hospitality, you name it, yeah. is that, you know, we're to bring others along. We yeah. are to impart our gifting to others, mm-hmm. right? And not just the gift we have, but yeah. um, be a part of, of that process. Um, and that's kind of a whole nother topic of impartation, but yeah. uh, that's how we come into it, right? Well, is, is I know you have a story uh, yeah. with uh, with uh, Brent, and, yeah. and we have all stories. I know, uh, boy, if, if, and this is what we have to break a wall down, is that, let's just go to the controversial gift, tongues. If you, Paul says this, let's just get over this. Paul says, I wish you all had this gift. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you, right? So, yeah. so why would anybody not 
right? Go for it, right? Yeah. Um, now, is everybody going to get it? No. Um, and does everybody have to? No. But um, but let's just go there with this. Yeah. Okay, what? You know, then, so what do I do if I want? How am I going to It's very simple. Find someone who is advanced, somebody who operates in that gift. Yeah. And have them start praying with you yeah. and over you. You know, oh, absolutely. Same with prophecy. Same with healing. If you want to learn how to heal people, what do you do? You find somebody who's praying, praying for, for healing, healing, and you yeah. go get close to them. You watch and learn. You watch. Yeah. Them. That's if you discipleship. Want, that's discipleship. If yeah. you see a teacher, man, I want to teach like that person. What do you yeah. do? You say, hey, let's get a coffee. I want teach me how to teach, teach the word of God. God. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, go down the list of things. Yeah. Whatever the issue is, I want to lead worship like that. What do you do? You get called Derek. Derek. I want to sit down and talk about, you know. Yeah, but totally. Why? But, but people sit back. This is such a barrier. Oh, I don't have that gift. Or I yeah. could never do that and, and just believe lies. But that goes all the way forward. back That's to the very huge. first thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you exactly. don't know your love. Exactly. You don't know Full who circle. you are. And, I mean, I'm just going to, like, you know, do a quick shout-out and run through, you know, like, you know, the, the, the denomination that I grew up in was, like, sealed. There was no gifts. There were no powers. Yeah. There's nothing supernatural. We have God's Word. We have His hymnal. And then we get to die and go to heaven. And so, you know, coming into this as it was advanced, you know, like this gifts were coming into this church. You know, I was like, whoa, bro, I don't know if this is going to continue to be my place to work. <laughs> you know, like this is pushing me. And anyway, you know, Brent was such a good friend and he was always encouraging me in the gifts. I mean, he was that guy like I sent out a text like Samuel's sick. He's got this and everybody pray. And Brent's like, are you at home? I'm like, yes, I'm on my way. You know, and that was my first lesson in yeah. praying for healing because he was like, have you prayed for your son? I'm like, yes, I have. And he's like, then why isn't he healed? And then I looked at him and I said, I suppose you're here to teach me. You know, and so he taught me how to pray in authority and not mm. just beg. And then we were in a pastor staff prayer time with Brent, Clint, Steve, and I. And we're like all on our face praying to God. And then Steve's little head popped up over his desk and he's like, hey, Chris, what are you getting? And I was like tongues i'm hearing tongues and he was like me too and so they like prayed over me for almost like another hour to receive the gift of tongues but nothing ever broke through there were just so many walls and in my head i was thinking can you just go to the go to main street baker i'm ready for my biscuits and gravy now you know (laughs) and you know and then like a couple weeks later brand's like book this weekend you're fasting this week and we're going to grand junction and we're going to get a room and i'm going to teach you about tongues and then even that didn't break it through. But it was that co- pr- progression of, like, people introducing to me that this is of God. Mm. And then it was one night I'd put Samuel and Ambler to bed, and I was just, Steve had given me two words that weren't his words in his language. And he was like, you just mutter those two words. Oh, I don't remember. God, I know. Like, you heard that you was heard Chris's that language? Was like my oh, wow, language. And then I would just mutter those two words, but nothing ever broke free. And then I'd put my two children to bed. Elaine was out somewhere, and I was just muttering those two words. And then it was just like this peace and rolling presence just came over me. And I've never, ever departed from it. And so, you know, it's a journey, and you need people around you in that journey. Absolutely. That's pursuit, right? Yeah. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, right? Paul Mm -hmm. says, you know, pursue love, but and— along with earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And that earnestly, that word there actually means lustfully go after. I need pursue radically. Radically. And the person out there that says, well, I prayed for this, but I didn't get it. You know, uh, let me just uh, give you encouragement. I pursued a certain gift, and and I say this because this applies to all gifts, I'll just be in general, um, for 30 years. 
Um, and it wasn't till the 30th year that God opened that gift to me. Yeah. So I just say that as a testimony. I yeah. could go into greater detail is don't just, oh, I pray, but I didn't get it. Yeah. The, the, the thing says keep yeah. pursuing. And that's what, ask, seek, knock. Oh, keep going, going, right? If you give up, oh, it doesn't mean God might not supernaturally yeah. do something, but totally. we're to pursue and never give up, you know, yeah. in pursuit. Uh, and if there's something God puts on your heart. So I just give you that testimony. Yeah, 30 years. Um, Beautiful. You know, uh, so... Um, yeah, it's just the truth of God's word. It says that the widow who didn't give up praying, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and how much more again, back to Luke 11, yeah. Hey, how, how much more would the father give the Holy spirit to those who ask? Yes. And for some people, and I could give you the reason why it took me 30 years because God had to tear some serious things, intellectual stuff down in my brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as some people I've prayed with, you know, and boom, she's like, wow, yeah, right. like, no, no yeah. pursuit at all. Boom. God, mm-hmm. like Cornelius's household, the whole family, boom, <laughs> they were hit with a gift. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm like, wow, that was easy. That would be awesome. But, other times, God requires certain people. And let me just give the word on this because this is really important because yeah. this is part of my thing that I see all the time. Someone who has been a believer for a long time, who has a lot of biblical knowledge, yeah. the intellect is the greatest barrier to coming into the spiritual gifts. Yes. Bottom line. Yeah. Bottom line. The people you pray for who are childlike, you know, who yeah. don't have much biblical knowledge, knowledge yeah. they're, oh, you were praying, boom, right? Yeah. It, yes. it, it, so I just say that as a, uh, as it, and it's a pride thing. It's a, and breaking, and that was my story. Yeah. God had to break down some intellectual pride, mm-hmm. make me like a child. Yeah. Well, how beautiful that he would continue to do that. Like, for example, your story, Steve, for 30 years, yeah. God was like, I'm not giving up on you. Yeah. I want you to have this. I want you to have more of me. Mm-hmm. I want this communion with you, whatever. Yeah. And he kept at it. He yeah. also was pursuing you, breaking down those walls for 30 years until he was like, okay, walls. you're ready. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Like, we yeah. all have walls. We all yeah. have things. But... Every single wall came down in Jericho, right? Yeah. Like God is not going to leave one up. He is not a God who's just like, oh, I'm content with separation from my people. No, that's why he sent Jesus. So I guess just be encouraged. Like if you have walls and you're like, I know this and this and this, like pursue Uh God. He's pursuing you as well. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. And you're not broken. Yeah. And... And God's not holding out on you. And yeah, I was where I was going next. A, he just has a process for you. There's a process because if he dropped it all on you in an instant, it would probably break you. Right. <laughs> and so he is a gentleman who knows when you are ready. And when he releases it, it's not that you didn't ask enough. It's not that you weren't hungry enough. He knows his children. And he's gentle with them. Like, like I don't give Samuel the car keys and say, ah, you don't need driver's ed. Just go drive. Right. You know. There's a process that Samuel will have to go through. through <laughs> to get it, you know. Yeah. And so there is wisdom in the Father. And so you're not broken. Keep going. Keep chugging. Go for the root. And then thank you so much for listening. We hope this podcast blessed you. If you ever have any questions or comments to us, send them our way at rootissues at ccasman.com. Have a blessed and awesome rest of the week. This whole world keeps spinning round I'm here traveling down this long and winding road Seasons come and seasons go They take me high, then leave me low But I'm still standing on the only rock I know You're my cornerstone